It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Very good. Never mind. Don't, don't, don't. I, I, I just, never yeah, mind. you just I tried to call you. me, Jay. I'm yeah, not I was going to text right you, here. but I'm good. Okay. Um, yeah, let's do this. Let's do this top 10 draft. I'm curious to see how many Browns and how many Jags end up on this. And I did not. Sometimes I ask you guys for your answers ahead of time. Yeah. I did not because I, I, I want to be surprised because I made my own list. And I'm yeah. very curious to see how many we have. It's same. interesting. Like, is Trevor Lawrence available or not? Yeah, According to my he is, but you got to factor that's in the, the injury. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, part of I, it. Yeah. I just. So I ground rules be clear. Just so everyone who's watching knows. Yeah. These are the 10 best players, the 10 guys who will be best on Sunday. So you have to take injuries into consideration. If they're not playing, they're not eligible. It's the 10 best guys on Sunday. Injuries matter. Positional value does not. Who's the number one pick? It's tough because Miles is not. Miles is hurt. Uh, Lawrence is hurt. Josh Allen of the Jaguars. I've got him at number one. Is a great uh, defensive lineman. Uh, I have him as my number one pick. Uh, He's a possibility. I had actually Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward a possibility. Denzel Ward number two. I had Denzel because Miles. We all we joked earlier that Miles would be the number one pick every week. Right. When well, we not do now. this, and two weeks shoulder. later. Well, if yeah. tra- and if Trevor Lawrence were completely healthy, he'd be probably right. Yeah. He'd be up there. Y'all crazy. Miles Garrett's still number one. If he got a jersey on, so we got a problem. He, 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 he can he, he can jump well, out no, and get three sacks at any time. Anytime. I'll go with Josh Allen. And I I did too. And I had Denzel at number two. Any disagreement there? But Denzel, I know you're still saying so, Miles. So here's the thing: if Denzel Ward just came off injury, does that not mean that he's but injured? He, no, it means that he's healthy and rested for the last couple of weeks, where Miles is still trying to fight through it. That's how I'm looking at Miles it. Miles is dealing with a shoulder injury as a defensive lineman. That's, I mean, we just saw him last week be completely ineffective. That's why I couldn't put him in the top five. Yeah, um, it or not. Oh, I had him. I mean, I would put him. With right there, I'd, I'd have him at three. If I we're mean, going... it, it was hard for me to forget the fact that he didn't show up in the box score. Yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't put Denzel Ward second either because he's coming off injury and so I'm not sure have? where he is. I would put uh, Calvin Ridley number two for me. See, I had him in my top five, but not number two. So we've got, I got all, we got four we're all over guys. the place. I kind we of figured this out. Guys. Who's, your two? who's your two? Denzel. He was my number one. Oh, no, no, Denzel. Denzel's my number two. Denzel is number two. So that's the way it goes. Josh Allen, Denzel Ward. So All right, one for three. Each, two defensive players off the board first. Yeah. Well, I'll go Calvin Ridley again, three. I'd say Miles at this point. Yeah, Miles Garrett at this point. Yeah. He, he, listen, he can get, he's hurt, but he can still explode at any time. I had Calvin Ridley. Again, it's, it's not. You, you guys know, got to break the ties. So I, I have to take into account that what the Miles I saw last week is not going to be a top 10 player in Sunday's game. But he also, but, I mean, but that's another be week I mean, And I yeah. think he, I've been gone all week. I haven't been in Berea at all, but I, didn't he say, now again, he's could be covering him for himself. 
he thought they had a great scheme on him. It wasn't the shoulder that was bothering him. They just did a great job. And he said he was it wasn't bothering him. So yeah. If we and take with that, another it, week of rest, he could be feeling better. So you want to break the tie? We did. It's, it's funny. I actually had these three guys in a slightly different order, but I had Miles Garrett third. Okay. So Miles so Garrett's going to be three, and that makes Calvin Ridley four because he had two third round picks. And, and I would have him there. Too. Yeah. Yes. So okay. Calvin Ridley four. So, so at through number four five picks, is where it got really interesting yeah, for so me. So through four real quick, we have two each. Josh Allen, Denzel Ward, Miles Garrett. Calvin Ridley. I like Evan Engram at five. I like. Uh, listen, I like. I call him. I don't know how to pronounce this. I like Elijahwan. I like Hakeem, the linebacker. Oh, they're linebacker. Hakeem yes. Dream. He get he get you fourteen tackles a week. Yeah, I, I got Wyatt Teller at five. I got Trevor Lawrence because <laughs> I think he's playing. Oh, so wow. I'll put Lawrence at five. So that's four different four picks. different guys at yeah. number five. I mean, I don't so, think it's close. It's Wyatt Teller easy, no? I have Wyatt Teller in my of those top guys, ten, but not as number five. Trevor Lawrence is, is injured. Okay. I actually had Joel Batonio ahead of Wyatt Teller. Well, I actually think, and, and gee, I'm glad you brought him up because if you guys didn't, I was going to crush you guys. Foyasade Olukan yeah, has led the league in tackles three seasons in a row. Yep, yeah. He's leading the league in tackles this year. Grades out very high on PFF. I don't watch enough of the Jaguars. I don't either. To know but how I know good he is. But based off the numbers. This Put dude, him in there. He had 192 tackles in That's 2021, crazy. 184 crazy. tackles last like. season, crazy. 131 tackles through 13. He's on pace for 201 tackles. I had him at number five. But got, put him in there. All right. I, got, I, have, I have no problem with that. So then where do we go at six? Uh, we haven't mentioned Joe Flacco. Um, I got Wyatt Teller at six. It looks like Amari Cooper's going to play. He's practicing today. Oh, he is. Oh, that's good news. Oh, that is big. Ooh, ooh, that's really big. Huge. Yeah. Now uh, catch the that ball. Would change, that would change something for me. <laughs> I mean, he's the, the, I, I the have, tweet way, I saw is he's at practice today. Whether that means yeah. he's been cleared from protocol, we saw DTR out there and he hadn't been cleared yet. Yeah. Right. I have Travis Etienne, Etienne as number six. I, I got two. Teller. You I, have him at six as I well? I got Etienne at yeah. six. You guys are out of your mind. I, I'm, I'm still going with Trevor Lawrence. There's okay. no way Travis Etienne's a better running back than Wyatt Teller is a guard. Well, no we, got him in, we got him in there at number six. No two chance, Mike. Two votes. Well, yeah, zero it, chance. It he wins at number six. They're wrong. Again, I, I, I'm interested. So, Jay, let, I, I want your take on it because we clearly grade the run and the run game differently. Um, the fact that he is below four yards a carry doesn't deter me at all particularly when he's fifth in the league or sixth in the league in rushing yards and seventh in touchdowns. Um, I don't think that's not being efficient. I think they're no, happy that, with he his is production. The, he is the definition of not efficient. No, he's got seven. No, that, that's a fact. If you look at efficiency numbers, he's near the bottom. What's the most efficient play you can have in touchdown? Or <laughs> what's the most efficient play you can have in football? Isn't it a so touchdown? So does that mean Kareem Hunt is extremely efficient? Yes. Because all he does I, is score a touchdown? No. Yes. Because he, as the, no. he does no, what we all. need hey, him to hey, do. Hey, hey, it's a silly debate, so pick whoever you want. I, Go ahead. I, I, well, I, it's already been I settled. What if you just don't like efficiency? What if that ain't your thing? Okay. <laughs> yeah, hey, and, and picks if, don't if, have to be your thing if yeah, you're a good cornerback. What, what if I like my gas guzzler Tahoe over the electric car? I just, That's I just, exactly right. You know what? It gets you where you need to go when you need to go. All right, so Etienne is six. Yeah, who's seven? I had Teller seven for me. Teller, I have I have Batonio Teller seven. Teller eight. I but think Teller's te- been better than Batonio. I think Teller is playing better than Batonio. Yeah. Um, it looked kind of bad last week because it was Aaron Donald and everybody looked bad against Aaron Donald. Yeah. But I think um, Teller has had a better season. Than is it Wyatt Teller? Then it's Wyatt Teller, I think. Wyatt guys, Teller. I'm just gonna keep saying Trevor Lawrence. I can't believe he's not up there. Well, I, see, you're the only one that thinks he's gonna play. <laughs> I don't think he'll play. And All so right. based on that, I just couldn't put him in there. Now, right. if he do the play, best part of ability is uh, yep. availability. Yep. All right, eight. 
Trevor I'll, Lawrence. I'll go with Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> All right, I'll go with Trevor. We go pretty well. So you do think he's going to be on the field? No, but <laughs> no, no, you can't put him out there if he's not going to be. Hey, on the field. I, I, I mean, leave him but off. There's a small chance. I think he's going to play. Chance, I think right? there's a small chance he plays. You know what? Happened? Monday, Jay comes yes. in here with uh, his chest puffed out when Trevor Lawrence plays, throws for 300 yards. No, yeah, right. I wouldn't do that. And it's the that. X factor in the game. Well, I you're the only that. one that that's thinks right. that's going to happen. Put him in. Or that he's going to play. I think he's going to play. I'm voting him eight. Okay, so he's going to play. So nine. Bull now has Trevor Lawrence as playing. He on may Sunday. play nine. Okay, I mean so Amari Cooper's Lawrence not up today, there. We right? have two more spots to recap: the six through seven and eight. We have Etienne, Teller, and Lawrence. And going one through five, real quick. And if you want to live cut that, we took Josh Allen first, Denzel Ward second, Miles Garrett third, Calvin Ridley. Fourth. I'm going with A Rod at nine, and Mike. A Rod, love it. Great throwback. <laughs> no, nah, I'm kidding. Dustin Hopkins. At I, I, let me, I'm, I'm gonna say this. Y'all gonna, y'all gonna get mad at me. Yeah, but I got Elijah Moore. No, wow. and the reason why he's got a connection with, with Flacco. Flacco seems to when when he he played with him with the Jets. This is the most effective I've seen Elijah Moore in his life. Like he caught a great deep ball on the sideline, got in bounds. He they do a, a play action, a deep comeback over the middle. He was but more efficiency. Per- he only caught four of his not 12 efficient. targets. Not efficient. Not efficient. At all. Hey, you know what? He's not an electric vehicle. But the thing is, it's the targets. Like, if, if especially if Mari Cooper's not playing. Well, how is Joe Flacco not on the list, guys? Because he's not one of the ten best players in this game. I mean, he's playing. We would. We would. I, no, I think I, it's I, much higher likelihood he I, plays I, than. I, I would have. I mean, Joe Jimmy sure. Donovan yesterday said, "There's no drama here." I mean, it's higher likelihood that Flacco plays over Lawrence. Yes, absolutely. He but also Lawrence said Joe Flacco, or I mean, Trevor Lawrence isn't playing either. Well, now I don't I know think, where I don't know where he gets that. Yeah, but he, probably the same place I do. He saw what I saw, and, and, and maybe you know it wouldn't be the first time. So Joe Flacco, so, even though it's more likely that he plays, can't make the list, but he's more likely to me. play than Trevor Lawrence. Again, mm. he played he played well above our expectations last week. No question. It was a really low bar we had set. If you look at that, that was not elite NFL quarterback play. It was just better than anything we've seen all Which year. Which looks elite now. No. 23 I mean, or 44 no. in a Sean Watson's game. game against Tennessee was but, better. Yeah, it okay. was better. Yeah, but, it was. But, but I'm just saying in yeah. totality. You're, you're yeah. focusing in on the low completion percentage. No, I, I'm also I looking at the. can't erase the five drops. I'm I mean, also that looking at the game-crippling interception he threw. Well, the that was, game. yeah, that was the other than yeah. that I, Mrs. I, Lincoln moment. I got Hopkins nine. I got Amari Cooper. I think Amari Cooper's Amari playing. Cooper He's nine. Joe today. Flacco. Joe Flacco nine. Oh, you said Elijah Moore. Yeah. So yeah. We're a four-way tie. Who Break you got? Guy. Flacco, Moore, Hopkins, Cooper. and Cooper. Cooper. Yeah. I think based on the fact I know Hopkins is going to play, I'm going with Hopkins. Even though he missed the extra point against Los Angeles. Wow. He's been one of the best Browns' best players all season, and I think he's going to be another impact guy. Who on said Sunday. Hopkins so on our Hopkins. panel? The man who said he would never draft a kid. I still wouldn't. You just did. <laughs> uh, not the NFL. He got, he got you there. <laughs> I would draft him oh, in just the top ten draft. You just drafted him number nine overall. Hey, okay, so who's ten then? I, ten. I'm going Flacco. I, I, Hold I, my guns. I, listen, I got Joe Flacco. I'm going Cooper. Cooper. I, you, the reason I got Joe Flacco is this week he comes out, he plays better than he was. He's more efficient. He doesn't throw an interception. Now, hang on a minute. You had Elijah Moore. Mm-hmm. 
Knee jerk? <laughs> Why is Morian on the board yet? Well, he didn't get picked, so he's now he's uh, listen, for him. Hey, listen, you didn't get, get it done. <laughs> I, yeah. Hey, listen. Hey, I brought my bill to the, to the House of Representatives. <laughs> they suck it down. So I'm not going to rewrite it. I'm not going to send it back. My constituents. It got kicked back to me, hey, so I'm off that train. But you look at my voting record. My voting record says. Amari Cooper again. Amari Cooper a better wide receiver than Joe Flacco as a quarterback. Well, right now that's in the hands of McNuggets. It is. I'm going to do a three-way vote here. Okay. Earl, Flacco or Amari Cooper on Sunday in the draft? We're the tiebreaker. Who are you going to take? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Two for Cooper. Okay. So Cooper it is. Wait, what's yours? I actually would have went Flacco, but these two ones Cooper. I went with Flacco. No, there's three of them back there. You know what the thing? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Without Joe Flacco, yeah, it's a wrap. They're you're taking one. Cooper. Me? Like, yeah, I took Flacco. I know, no, but you, you guys collectively are saying it's and, Cooper. And I, listen, Flacco's a so better Flacco receiver. Flacco isn't than, there. Flacco's a better. Jay, the I draft is supposed to be who are the best players. Cooper's, no, who, no, that's not. Yes, it. that is a hundred percent it. Mikey it started this by saying. Who's going to be the best player Sunday? That's how you yes. set it up. And, and that's why, because exactly I'm not how he set it up. Right. Sure. You always say it's the 10 best players. No. So we don't know Cooper's playing. That, 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 he that's changed it this week because that's there are so many question marks on the players. Who are the 10 best players this week? That's how you've been well, you, describing you can't it every week. No, what he, what he actually said, Bull, before that we started, was who are going to have the 10 biggest impacts on Well, that's Sunday. not what he and said Anthony every week. No, that's not the assignment. It was the 10 best. But Anthony and Earl want to chime in here. Yes. I understand that we don't know if he's going to play, but he's got almost 1,000 yards with four quarterbacks. He's a better receiver than Joe Flacco. That's right. That's Thank the you. exercise. Yes, Thank you. you're absolutely right. But right. I, what, what the last thing you said before we started picking was, Mike who's going to have the 10 biggest impacts on Sunday? That's, Mike that's, screwed that's, up. That was you screwed up, Mike. I'm blaming no, listen, you. I just, I just don't know Cooper's going to play. I, and because of that. So I'd rather put my vote for a guy I know is going to play well, than a guy who's not. No, no one knows he's going to play. I mean, they haven't. He's just practicing, right? That's it. But well, we don't Fr- know Joe Flacco's going to play either, for sure. Uh, uh, Friday's typically the day. If you're back at practice Friday, you're usually good to go for Sunday. Again, with it being a concussion, I don't know that we've really had clarity. Yeah, that, because you can be back at practice but still be in protocol. Correct. We so, saw that with DTR. I mean, so, it, so it's a risk, but I still think yeah, I think he's going to play. The drops now. with Mari Cooper don't concern y'all. He's been dropping the ball a lot. I think there's plenty to be concerned about when it comes to Joe Flacco. So, I mean, yeah. the bottom line for me is Amari Cooper's a better wide receiver than Flacco as a quarterback. That's how I'm looking at it. That's how I've been doing this every week for me. Yeah. I thought that was the assignment. Apparently, Mike changed that this week. No. It's it just yeah, he if, changed Cooper, it. if Cooper was 100% playing, it's not a question. You're right. And, and that has to be taken into account. Put, I can't put with 100% Again. certainty that okay. Cooper's going to be on right. the field. Like Trevor Lawrence, That's availability the is the best, biggest part of ability. Cooper is a better player than Joe Flacco. Oh, without 100%. question. That's, but that's, the only course, nobody's going to argue against that. No, no, I know. But that's why I think you guys, and we got overruled. I'm on Team J&G here. We got overruled because yeah. Cooper's a better player. I just don't Look, know for sure he's Here's the beauty of it. On Monday... Among the we'll things that we can talk about is which 
of the t- which players had the 10 biggest impacts on the game. We actually We're should find that, out. I'm That's sure it's idea. very rarely the 10 the players we pick. Probably we very rarely. That, that'll actually be a good. I'll add that to the list. That'll yeah, yeah add that to the list. We can go back and revisit yeah. it. And I'm yeah. going to be stunned if Joe Flacco isn't in the top 10. That's just my opinion. If he plays but, well, he will be. If he plays and, poorly, and again, he definitely will. My thinking on Cooper was that he wasn't going to go. Heck, when I sat down here before the show, I thought there was a very little chance. He would I didn't play. think he was going to go either. That's changed. I didn't. But since you said he's going to practice, he said he practiced today. I assume he's going to play. Is he a full participant? Don't know that yet. I don't think. This we'll probably no, know that because if he's a hour. full participant, then he's on my list. There, there's he's been no play. Uh, specification of whether limited. Full, See, I think or we would have heard so. if he had cleared protocol, uh, but maybe not. I don't know. I don't know how these things. This go. is going to be a storyline moving forward. Joe Flacco, he's going to keep building steam. He's going to keep building steam. Pretty soon, you're going to get to the end of the year, and, and people going to be like, "Hey, we need to keep. We need to get Joe Flacco back." We need to sign him some. We need to give him a little contract of some sort. You know what was interesting last night? Because we've been talking about the way teams view their backup quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And when they said last night, the whole crowd was chanting Mason Rudolph. By the way, I thought Steeler fans last night were embarrassing. Em- embarrassing. And what ways I know fans never have the right to boo. Like, I get that. But they looked like the most entitled babies of <laughs> all time yesterday. And when they mentioned that Mason Rudolph is in his sixth year as the Steelers quarterback like wh- one of the things we talked about yesterday when you guys weren't here was that you know on Wednesday because you were here mm-hmm. is that perhaps uh, the Browns have learned their lesson and teams I think in general are going to look differently at the way they view the backup quarterback particularly when you had a guy like Browning who's been in their system a couple of years come in and perform so well and for a lot of teams it's been rotating chairs they've been making uh, uh, waiver claims and trades to get those quarterbacks. I threw something out when you weren't here, and I'd love to get your reaction to it. I think it's it's in, it's in the league's best interest to have good backup quarterback play. Of course. I, I would love to see the NFL and the Players Union come to some sort of an agreement where they get an up to $10 million exemption from the salary cap specifically for the backup quarterback position so we don't get in the situation that we've been in many times this year particularly last night in and and the Steelers don't fit that bill because they pay their backup quarterback a lot of money but we're getting backup quarterbacks that are playing a lot and the level of play has not been high I think the 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 better alternative for me is to make an exception for the starting quarterback salary against the cap because then if you do a $10 million exception for a backup, you're going to start overpaying guys that really aren't worth it. Well, but they're, but we're finding out that their value is well, there. Well, I think I, I love what the Browns did, and we talked about when they drafted DTR. I think that's the way to go is you draft a guy in the middle to late rounds and you develop him within your system. And then but he's even there. he is only an answer for three years. But, but okay, but then you got to do it again. Right. That's just the way that it goes. But I, I still think – you can talk about it's a luxury to have a high paid backup and any team that has a high paid backup, it's usually because their starter isn't making very much. And it comes down to, do you want a high paid backup or do you want a third defensive tackle? Which one do you want? Because that's what it's going to cost you the same. Almost every team in the league is going to take that defensive tackle over a backup when you're spending as much as you are. as what the Browns are on the the starting quarterback. The product suffers more. I don't disagree. For the fans. When you're putting backup quarterbacks in situations they have no business being in, PJ Walker is a perfect example. It, he I think be in the some league. of these guys, what we've, it's very interesting to follow the trajectory of the backup quarterback. 
in the 90s, it, teams had backup quarterbacks that were 10, 12-year vets. That can't happen now because they have to make a certain level of money when they've been in the league a certain number of years. So they're washed out and they're bringing in newbies at the most critical well, position. We've seen uh, Chad Henney has done a terrific job in Kansas City. Sort Is of he even still backup. there? Yeah. No. No, no, no he's no, not. I, I thought he was. There. No. Blaine Gabbert has he made retired. a career out of being a backup. So there are examples of those guys. There are still Teddy Bridgewater, Andy Dalton. Yeah, they're there, but they're the exception, not the rule. But those guys were also former starters who had great success. When you look at the list of of backup quarterbacks in the NFL, there's a lot of guys none of us have ever heard of. Oh, of course. And And so because it's such a crucial position for fans and ratings are so critical for the league's future, that's how their next TV contracts are going to be set, particularly when these games are landing in national exclusive windows. They don't want to see bad backup quarterback. It's play. all driven by salary. It's all, it's which is why I say just give them an exemption for that position. Well, now, I, now I, you don't have running backs being like, we can't even get no regular money. Right. Well, you talk about interchangeable. The, the league owners and GMs have told us that position's interchangeable. And by the way, how about Zeke last night? Had a good game. He had a great game, particularly catching the ball. Okay. We're going to get to our McNugget five-pack of stats, and today that's brought to us by FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay red hot on FanDuel, and right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins, so if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the <coughs> NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show and an official partner of the NFL. Guys, I got a five-pack for you guys, some offense, some defense, and a little C.J. Beathard. Are you guys ready? Let's do Let's it. Go. Let's start with uh, letting Joe Flacco cook against the Rams. Flacco, and this is from PFF, threw in a tight window coverage on 18.3% of his passes against L.A. That was the eighth-highest Tight window percentage of any quarterback who started last week. I didn't realize they kept that stat week to week. They I do. Love that it's it's stat. very, very interesting. He only I had one that. turnover-worthy throw, which was the interception. So That's it. he did throw into tight windows. They were usually pretty accurate. He also attempted 19 passes of 10 or more air yards. That's the most of any quarterback in the Stefanski era. So they let it rip. <laughs> wow. They let it fly, and Flacco throws the arm talent. On those 10-plus yard air passes, he was 8 of 19, 145 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. And why does that matter? Here's where it matters. Jake Brownie against Jacksonville on Monday Night Football on passes of 10-plus air yards, 7-7, wow. seven seven, 170 yards, and a touchdown. That's a home run stat, Mike. That really is. That's a, that's a yeah. stat that's next level that most people have overlooked. And, and, and put, that, put that back up there. You know, as I, you know, I watched all 22 from this week, and one of the things that really stood out to me was the difference between what the Rams do and, and what the Browns do. You look at 18.3 tight window throws. Um, the Rams get so much cheap garbage on motion plays where there's nobody around because you're running guys across the line of scrimmage. You're moving guys around. They do a lot with motion. It's hard to cover up. The Browns are not a team that usually uses motion like that. And it just seems like they don't have any, like even the fourth down play with David and Joku, it's just a five yard sit down route. Like, you know, people are on that. The Browns run like six or seven plays, right? And they mix up the variations, but they're not very, they're not, they're not multiple in what they do. So a lot of their throws are going to be tight window because the defense knows their, their tendencies when it comes to it. So I would expect that to be high the rest of the year. 
Mike, before you do number two, can I ask you how your perception of the game changed after you viewed the All-22? Um, I, I looked at it. Um, I thought the defense played like the, when you watch it, it just looked like they were off, didn't really have any enthusiasm. What or, about offensively? Defense, well, defensively, I thought the Rams just had a great game plan. I yeah. love the game plan. Offensively, um, when I watched it, it made me respect Joe Flacco even more because they're not running anything that's crazy. I, I had respect because he was fitting footballs in windows that are like this small over top of a linebacker in front of a safety. And I'm like, wow, they're not running anything. They're just running stick plays and, 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 and high-low plays, trying to isolate high-low defenders with linebackers, but they're not running anything crazy. And so for them to be able to move the ball up the field, even though the Rams knew what they were going to run, because there was a couple times they just flat-out jumped the routes. They right. just knew what it was. So I had a, a better um, – I had a, a more respect for Joe Flacco and what they were trying to do. And hopefully the vanilla playbook turns out to be – Basically, well, just key part of it is that the Browns don't have great athletes at receiver either. That's and enough. he just got here. Yeah, and he just and got it, here. That's yeah. a lot to do. With and it. so hopefully, there's there's some more. Uh, yeah. You know, they expound upon it. Also, I think the Bengals' success against Jacksonville on those plus ten throws, it speaks to the fact that a they needed to do that, and also their athletes at wide receiver are just better downfield. They had a lot of yak yards in that one seventy, but still right. Yeah. Seven to seven. But seven to seven, and that's what, that's the number that jumps out. Yeah. By the uh, way, if uh, if if um, Jamar Chase has one more touchdown, I think he's going to. I got to give this stat. I thought this was an interesting stat. That if he has one more touchdown, he's going to become just the fourth wide receiver ever to have thirty five hundred receiving yards and thirty touchdowns after their first three seasons. Yeah, he's good. Who are the production. other three? Do you guys want to know? Yes. Randy Moss do it. What's one? They're all names you'd expect. Rice. Yeah. Rice is two. T.O. had a good start to his Not T.O. Fitzgerald? Oh. No. Nope. Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham yeah, Jr. Odell. I was surprised Justin Jefferson. He must not have had the 30 touchdowns. See, they, yeah. the Bengals ain't sneaky. That ain't a gimme win either. <laughs> That's why I'm circling this one. I saw y'all. I, I saw y'all Monday. Y'all got Y'all ain't done yet. Yeah, that's true. They ain't no, done yet. Said, although he could play lousy, to, but if they, they will beat be the by Colts week this week, they will be by week eighteen. I hope so. I'm a hater. Wow. <laughs> oh, oh, Dave. The Bengals will be out of it by week eighteen. Really? Yeah, I think so. Not if they beat you the don't Colts think, this week. You don't think that Jake Browning's performance is duplicate? You can be duplicated. I'm not convinced. I'm not. Is. I'm not. No. If I mean, he does not at that level, but if, if he, he does anywhere, if he plays really well again this week against Indy, then I might believe more. But yeah. All right. All right, number two, Joe Flacco in Cleveland. I just went back and wanted to see his career stats when he was playing teams as the road opponent in Cleveland, and right. Flacco did pretty damn well here in Cleveland. A career oh, yeah. 9-2 and two record, 8-2 and two with the Ravens, 1-0 with the Jets. That's an 82% win percentage. Threw for 2,500 yards, 225 per game, 14 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. <clears throat> and the last time he played in Cleveland was that last year's game against, with the Jets. Sure. 307, 4 touchdowns. Interesting, he has a great record. In Cleveland, the Jaguars are 5-0 and on the road. They've won eight straight road games. So right. something's got to give between Joe's record in Cleveland and the Jaguars' hot streak on the road. Jacksonville, it's really hard to explain what they've done. They've but again, it's 5-0 and with Trevor Lawrence. And great on the road. McNuggets, if that dude comes anything close to 307 and four touchdowns. It's a win. And this year, 
He's getting a statue. <laughs> like, this year, they'll take it down next year. Oh, my God. 307 and 4 It's touchdowns. like one of them Halloween costume stores. You debut up for like a month, and they'll be gone. 307 and 4 touchdowns are cartoon numbers today. Right. Yeah. Oh, they, nobody's doing that. Yeah. Do you think, do you know what my knees will be doing? Oh, my God. Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. <laughs> Sign him long term. <laughs> All right, number three. This one, this one may be my favorite and most fascinating. Or not favorite, but the fo- most fascinating to me. The Browns' defense this year at home versus on the road has been completely different. Two totally different teams. They played Man. six games on, at home, six games on the road. Wow. They've given up 64 points at home. That's 10.67 points per game. They give up 184 points on the road. That's 30.7. At home, <laughs> their EPA, which yeah, I know you said I didn't like EPA, but right. – they have a negative 0.322 EPA. That's the best mark they've ever seen in the NFL. The best ever. Ever? Ever. For all- Just at home. That, those six home performances. On the road, it's a 0.036 negative EPA. That'd be the 12th best this season. They go from being okay at, on the road to the greatest of all time. And you look at the quarterbacks they've played. I put their initials up there. But Burrow, Tannehill, Lamar, Purdy, Clayton Toon, and Kenny Pickett at home. Pickett, Minshew, uh, Geno Smith, Lamar, Russell Wilson, Stafford on the road. It's a little bit of a split. They've gotten a little easier <laughs> schedule breaks at home for sure with the Clayton Tune in there. But Not a little, a the lot. home versus road split between this defense, and a lot of it is who you play and when you play them, but that's are talking still astronomical difference. You're giving Who's BP again? 30 on the road. Who's who? Oh, BP was Brock Purdy. BP, Brock Purdy. Yeah, correct. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, that's incredible. How do you explain it? I mean, home crowd, usually they say, is worth I, three points. I, I think it has a lot to There's do. There's a 20-point disparity. Nah, I think it has. I, schedule? I, I think some of it's coincidence. Schedule, They got injuries. San Fran at home. Yeah, but the last two weeks, they have had an injured Miles Garrett and no Denzel Ward. And that's where, like, where were they before the last two weeks on the road? It I'd wasn't nearly back, that I'd have bad. to go back and dig into that. I mean, I, Minshew cut to... him up pretty good at Indy. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, he did. That's true. Fair. So. Man, that's that's a huge disparity, that and that that could be a real problem because they're not going to play a home playoff game. I, I, nope. When I watch all twenty, I'm trying to figure out what their assignments are. Like these jet motion plays where guys is getting 40, 40 yards before somebody touching them, it just seems like the defensive ends are like confused. Do like, you know? Are they passing? On, Tyvis talked about this a little yesterday. Are they passing off the motion man? Because I, he did say that, you know, that that's an option yes, that, you, that you can pass him off. But when you pass him off, that makes everything much more difficult. Yes, they, they look like they're following the guy. That's why you see Newsom stopping and starting and running around. Right, right. And then when you run and give him the, the, the handoff, it's the defensive end is just crashing down. And the, the, the follow guy is already behind. Yeah, and, and so you take a step down, the guy's already there. I don't, I'm trying to figure out if that, what assignment football, because usually a defensive end, has us, but we talked about it, right? When we, we, we rewind the whole thing and you go back to the summer, I said Jim Schwartz has defensive ends that don't necessarily have to contain. He didn't he prioritize did, contain. He, didn't, he, he, he gives people a little. And, and, and gee, that has manifested itself this year. And you see Those it. long plays, I think, are a product of that. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know. You so see. maybe his defense is just going to be susceptible to those no matter what. And it's, it's like the analogy in baseball. Are the home runs a fair trade-off for all the strikeouts? Yeah. Or in Anthony Rizzo's case, hitting 199 but 40 home runs. Yeah. You you take your poison with the with the batting average, but you but can if, you if, can win on the home runs. But if Miles Garrett ain't getting home, if Zedarius no, ain't getting home, yeah, then the trade-off isn't worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next up, and before we do the next one, Amari Cooper did not clear protocol yet. 
Ooh. He has to finish that. So he did practice, but not officially out. That's according to Mary Kay. And also, Jason will be texting during the game this weekend. So if you're a member, you get those extra text updates. All right, McNuggets stat number four. Without Denzel Ward, the Browns have played a lot more cover two. And they have not been good in cover two defense. Last week against L.A., Matt Stafford mm. eviscerated the Browns defense in cover two. He was four for five, 102 yards in that <sighs> touchdown to Puka Nakua across the middle against an inverted cover two. I went back to see how some other teams fared against Browns playing cover two defense. I went to the Pittsburgh game because Kenny Pickett sucks. They played Matt Canada twice. Those numbers shouldn't be good because they shouldn't be good against anybody. Well, Pickett was at his best, 11 for 16, 160 yards in that touchdown Jeez. against cover two defense. They didn't blitz Stafford either, which I know you guys mentioned earlier. And against that just it. four rushers on Sunday, Stafford's EPA was a positive .28. That's pretty good. It's not great, but pretty good. When they did blitz, his EPA dropped to almost an entire minus one. Well, that's the case minus with every quarterback. Yes, but it's usually not that drastic of a no, drop that off. No, pro- that's probably they a blitz, bigger swing than normal. Jim Schwartz only blitzed on 18% of his dropbacks. Right. Only brought five on 18%. And also, I think, Mike, it changes when the other play caller understands that blitzes aren't coming. Yeah. What is the percentage, Mike? Do you happen to know the percentage? Like, have the Browns been blitzing less with yes. Denzel Ward out? Yes. With dramatically less, I, by my eyes. They it, are, I mean, I can find the exact number. Give me one sec. But they're in the bottom 10 percentile of blitz rate. They're still good pressure because they do get a lot. They get home with four but typically, but the they weren't Sunday. in the last two weeks, they haven't been. Right. And he hasn't blitzed a ton more, Bull, without the pressure from up front. Uh-huh. No, but I think what Bull's asking is, I, and I, I, again, just eye test without looking yeah. at numbers. It feels to me like with no Denzel on the field, right. he's rolling the dice even less. Right, yeah. which, yeah. which, and maybe it just seems that way because they're not pressuring the quarterback because Miles is not healthy, and maybe if they were pressuring the quarterback more, it wouldn't no, seem that's that true. way. Yeah. I don't know. but and, and there could be times where they're sending five, but we're missing it because right. no one's getting home. Right. Uh, listen, the bottom line is when you talk about the, what they're doing, the, the rest of that defensive line is not doing their job they're well not. enough right now. No, that, that's I, the bottom line. There was a play where Juan Thornhill, Thornhill remember they had the, the play where they got uh, false starts three times in a row? Yeah. And it was like third and 20-something. They gave up the big play. They were running cover six. Juan Thornhill on the back, the front side of the play, had one receiver route, and in his job as in cover two is to get over the top, and he let a, 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 a receiver just run a corner route. And it was like, you know you have him, right? And I think a lot of times when you start running man-to-man coverage, you can play fast, it's easy, I don't got it, I know who I got. Now when you're not used to passing stuff off, when you when you gotta figure out what who's passing it from the from the front of the coverage to the back of the coverage, then you got areas where you can break down. You're adding and, elements, communication, and, everything else. And it's just it's they're not as a good they're not a good team in terms of, of zone because they don't run it that much. Well, I can't tell you exactly where they ranked, but last week, 18% blitz percentage, their lowest in the season. So, Yeah, I mean, I would hope that changes with Denzel Ward back, you And I would expect it to. Right? Yeah, I would uh, expect it to, especially um, with their best receiver or one of their best receivers off the field and perhaps a backup quarterback. Like, that's that's an invitation to bring the house. Right. Let's go. And speaking of backups – I made this one assuming Bether would start. I didn't think there'd be any chance Lawrence would play. Maybe right. he does, but if it is Bether, here's what we need to know about C.J. Bether. He's 2-10 in his career as a starting quarterback. 18 touchdowns, 22 turnovers, 14 picks, 8 fumbles. On the road, he's been a little better than he's been at home, which this will be a road game. But in December, he's been at his best. However, <laughs> however, in outdoor stadiums, he's got 19 turnovers. 
He's a warm-weather quarterback, even though he's from Iowa. And hopefully, <laughs> if the elements are in full force, that definitely favors Joe Flacco. I don't think he's particularly good in any situation. Yeah. That's that why Jacksonville's trying so hard bad. to get Lawrence I think what there. Mikey was saying, right if there. you squint real yeah, hard, right. some of these numbers look okay. Yeah. Uh, Mike Mike does an absolutely tremendous job with oh, these things. I mean, yeah. he comes up it. with this stuff. I'm like, how, where do you even think to look at some of these things? Yeah, it's he great. He does a tremendous job. He goes to the right area, and then yeah. he finds the right nuggets. Yeah, I mean, listen, C.J. Beathard is what he is. He's a backup, but he's been in the system. He's not, you know, this, as, as my good friend G. Bush would say, there's levels to this thing. Very he's nice. not P.J. Walker bad. No, not. No. But he's not Joe Flacco good. It was interesting. You know? When he came in, against Cincinnati. He did a decent job. Thought he did an admirable job. Right. Uh, but the Browns' defense is better, uh, significantly, uh, when healthy, significantly better than the Bengals' defense. And so, if they can get a pass rush, I think C.J. Beathard's going to have a long day. But I only say if because they haven't had it the last two weeks. Yeah. No, I know. Well, again, no, because, because Ward's been out. Yeah. And Miles has been right. hurt. Hopefully another week off and Miles can... I don't think we're going to see the best of Miles, but... Can we get, like, there's a lot of way, there's a lot of space between Miles usually does and what we saw last week. There's a lot of space. If he can cut half the distance, we'll be okay. We're going to do super chats, but before we do, Jason, I wanted to ask you kind of a a technical question about the protocol. Um, He's, Amari has not been cleared. Doesn't sound like it, no. Yeah, he's still in protocol. Uh, In your experience, is still being in protocol Friday almost certain that he doesn't play and he doesn't clear it. I mean, I know he could still technically yeah, I clear think he it could tomorrow. Still, I think he could still clear it. I don't think it, I don't think that it, it rules him out. I mean, this could be part of it is getting on the field and going through, you know, that could be okay. part of what needs to happen for, in order for him to clear. And it. we'll give you guys a chance. If you'd like a mulligan and you'd like to take Amari Cooper out, knowing that presently he's in protocol and you want to put Flacco in, I'll give you one more chance to save yourself from. Your no, 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 I'm because Cooper. I'm going to go with this. Last week, see you Monday. Chris Olave was still in protocol on Friday. Oh, good. That's what I was wondering. And he played Sunday. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. No, but here. that's what I was wondering. Yeah. Like, are there examples where yes, that's happened? It was just last week. Go okay. ahead, Mike. I got super chats real yeah. quick before we head over to WKYC. How long have you Young been Majestic thirty-three oh three says my wife won a Kool Aid Mafia shirt. Thanks, G. Shout out to Earl sitting next to me. He gifted five memberships today. James Cosby said the biggest thing I'm looking for is a red hot intensity from our team, especially on defense to start a playoff run. Go Brownies. Christopher Ortega says I think it's a huge game because it's an AFC opponent. All of these matter. Young Majestic also says, Bull, don't you remember Leroy told you there's more to it than just yards per carry? Devoid Archangel said, Talking Flacco, uh, taking Flacco top 10 for sure. He's been awesome in Cleveland. And Wes B said, but I'd rather tap dance naked behind a CVS for loose change to purchase bags of gummy worms than deal with Elijah Moore family one more time in my fantasy team. Bernie, <laughs> I still, you're still my idol, though. So... Those are the Super Chats. All right. We appreciate y'all. We're heading over to WKYC in a sec. Yep. What do we have? 30 seconds left? Uh, yes. I love how, and I'm falling victim to it, too. I, I've got Flacco in my top 10. But it's funny where our bar is and how it's a moving target. Kind of, Joe Flacco has been awesome during his time in Cleveland. One he game. threw the, the one pass that cost the team a chance to win the game. Yeah. yeah. He and made, he's and been I, awesome he in Cleveland. He made some great throws Ooh, last week. He made some great he throws. <laughs> I just think the overall totality has been overblown. See you on WKYC. Peace.
Welcome to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show on WKYC. Hey we currently sit 48 hours and 30 minutes from the Browns and Jags on Sunday. For the next 30 minutes, we're talking about the game, and we're still trying to figure out who the heck's going to play at quarterback. Bull. What's Joe Flacco going to do in this game? I'll tell you what I think will happen. Let's go to G. Bush. Chief Bush leader of the Kool-Aid Mafia, I'm going to tell you right now, you don't want to miss it. Bernie Kosar's breakdown and Joe Flacco. Keep it locked, Jason. I'm Jason Lloyd. I spent 20 years in newspapers. I'm going to give you the headline before the game of what happens on Sunday between the Jaguars and the Browns. Mikey. And if Amari Cooper can't play, he's still in concussion protocol. The Browns offense is going to look a lot different on Sunday. We're here to tell you exactly what that'll look like. Yeah, he's still in limbo. There's a lot of players that are really in limbo. We know Denzel Ward is back to practice. We know Miles Garrett has been practicing. Is he going to be better than the shell of himself that he looked like Sunday out in Los Angeles? All things we're going to dive into over the next 30 minutes. But guys, I want to start with this. We saw Joe Flacco in this offense, and it looked completely different from anything we've seen this year. If you want to compare it to something that we've seen before, it looked probably mostly like Jacoby Brissett last year. We saw some, a lot of play fakes. We saw some naked boots. Is there another layer? Is there another wrinkle that Kevin Stefanski can throw in to Joe Flacco's skill set that we haven't seen already? I, uh, no, I don't think there is. We've seen Honestly. all he's got. No, I, I, mean, I mean, I think he could perform even better with what he, but this is what he does at this point in his career. He gets it to the playmakers. I think he can develop more chemistry with the guys besides Elijah Moore. You saw he threw the ball to Elijah Moore a ton, especially after Amari Cooper went out because he was most comfortable. I think it's important for Cedric Tillman to develop chemistry with Joe Flacco. I still see some potential in Cedric Tillman. I've liked little bits what I've seen. I think unlike the last two third-round wide receivers, he's not a waste. And uh, I, so I think that can develop, but in terms of his game plan... I just, what else can they do? He's not going to run. He's I don't, not, he I don't didn't know what get they faster over yeah. the week. That's the thing. It's the lack of a mobility that tells me that it sort of is what it is. What I think they can add wrinkles is some of the pre-snap motion and some of the misdirections that we've seen out of Kevin's offenses in past years. Maybe not as much this year because the quarterback play has been limited most of the year for various reasons. So I think the package is what it is. I don't know you're going to see a lot of variations, but I do think that they're with another week of practice, we talk on the show how important those Wednesday, Thursday, Friday practices are. You might see a few more wrinkles, but I don't think it's going to look drastically different. What we saw Sunday was drastically different than what we've seen most yeah, of right, the year right. with a lot of the deep shots down the field. I don't think you're going to see much different than what we saw. Gee? I do think there's another layer to his playbook, and I'm going to tell you why. I think one of the things as a, a coordinator, what you want to do is you want to get – your quarterback in the right position where he feels comfortable. Joe Flacco only had one week of uh, pre preparation under his belt. Now Stefanski can go and tell him, okay, well, what calls do you like? What do you like to do? Where do you want to throw the football? And different things like that. In J to Jason's point, you can move, do some more motion, get guys open, get some easy little quick rub routes or, or even pick plays. I think that there's more progression because, A, he'll have more time, and, B, we saw that he still has an arm. He can push the ball to any part of the field that he wants to. He has a, a lively arm, an elite arm, and I think that leads to, to more plays in the playbook, Jay. Yeah, I, I'm a little concerned because, to Bull's point, he didn't reinvent himself in the last six days. He is who he is. Now there's more tape on – there's tape at all on Flacco in Stefanski's offense. Teams are very familiar with what Joe Flacco did. They just didn't know how Kevin Stefanski was going to use him. Now Jacksonville will know. Here's what scares me. They had a lot of success off of the play action. 
I don't think that's going to catch anybody off guard anymore because now they know what's out there. So I think Jacksonville is going to be ready for a lot of play action. Even the two touchdown passes, both came off play action. One was the boot to the to the naked side, and the, the Ford was wide open. So I think they're going to do more of what was very successful, and that's about all we're going to see. We're not going to see any you know magical yeah. difference in the playbook week to week. But if you do... With play action, the way Joe does it, it's still going to fake guys, even if you know it's coming, because you still, for a moment, are going to think it's a run. If they're running a lot and successfully, which I think they have to do. I've been saying it the last two weeks. I'm going to say it again. They need a heavy dose of running the football on Sunday. That will set up the play action and will definitely set up success in the passing game. Run it. Do what you do. Be successful with it. And don't quit on it. Too early. Stay with it. Balanced attack. All right. We mentioned Amari Cooper still in concussion protocol. That is somewhat concerning, but Bull made a great point. Just because he's still in protocol doesn't mean he can't clear it in the next 48 hours. It happened just last week. Yeah, two Sundays ago, Chris Olave had a concussion, left the game early, same as Amari Cooper did this past Sunday. Last Friday, five days after that game, same as Amari Cooper, Chris Olave was practicing but not cleared from concussion protocol. By I don't remember exactly when he got cleared, Saturday or Sunday morning. But he did play. But he played on okay. Sunday. Amari Cooper doesn't mean, you know, the two different brains. No. But, it, you know, you're the fact, there's a chance. There's the fact right that there. he's practicing makes you think he's going to be Now, to if play. he can't go, who replaces his production? Because he's been the safety blanket for this rotating quarterback yeah. carousel that we've seen. But Joe's a little different in his veteran eyes, and he sees different things. How does the game plan change if he can't go, and who picks up the slack? Well, Mr. Jet, him, former Jet himself, Elijah Moore, welcome to the big leagues. He looked good last week. He only caught four of his 12 targets, but you did see him catch a ball on the sideline. You did see him get open, and it looks like they got a little chemistry with him and Joe Flacco. They're familiar with one another. Now, listen, you can't take, you know, Amari Cooper and say Elijah Moore is going to, you know, be the, the guy. But if you're looking for a guy who has some chemistry, Elijah Moore is a guy that is available. Certainly, he looked to more than any other quarterback has in his one game last Sunday. And I do think you're right. I think he goes back to their Jets days. There's at least a little rhythm and familiarity there. Cedric Tillman is starting to emerge. We've seen the last couple of weeks. If I have to pick one guy, it's going to be Elijah Moore. But I do think Tillman can have a role here. But I think Moore already has his role. Like, he already established his role with Flacco last week. He had the 12 targets. I think it's, if Amari Cooper doesn't play the whole game, I think it's Cedric Tillman that's going to be asked to do more. As I don't know that he's going to target Elijah Moore more than 12 times. I don't think his targets are going to change. I think Tillman's got to step up. All of those are logical answers, but you're missing the obvious. Who's number two on the receiving yards David list? David throw, throw the graphic back up again, please, if you could, Steve. David Njoku is the guy that has to step up. He has to be the high-paid tight end that he's been in this Browns offense. I, he's had some really perplexing drops in the last two weeks. Yes. And that's kind of been the bugaboo that has bit him throughout his career. He'll, he'll high point a ball that's nine feet off the ground. He'll go up in traffic with double coverage and somehow pluck the ball out of the defender's hands and make the unbelievable catch a reality. Yet he'll drop an easy squat route or one, a ball right in his hands yeah. as he's going out of bounds with nobody in coverage. Yeah. He cannot do that on Sunday. 
He needs to be the force in and, this offense. And last week, one of the drops was, you could tell, right before he caught it, he tried to turn. Yes, he did. Because he wanted to go upfield, which I get. You see receivers do that, but that's something you got to guard against. It's a process. Yeah. Catch the ball, then run. run the ball. Yeah. You can't run the ball if you don't catch it And first. he's so dangerous when he catches it because he's such a great athlete for a tight end. You can get a lot of yards yeah. after contact. He's the perfect guy to pick up the slack if Cooper can't go again. The hope is that he can so Trevor Lawrence practiced yesterday, and if you looked at the video, I used that word practice very loosely. He stood in place. He threw the football. I never saw him run. A couple of times I saw him go through a drop back, I think a three-step drop and two-step drop, but he didn't look particularly mobile, and he didn't look particularly fast in doing it. So guys, would you rather face an injured Trevor Lawrence with a high ankle sprain or a C.J. Beathard, who also is dinged, has a dinged left shoulder, I believe, non-throwing shoulder. Would you rather face Beathard, who's more healthy? I'd much rather face Beathard if I'm the Browns. The Browns have dealt with injuries all year. So you don't have any, you know, you, you don't feel sorry for any team out there. There's a reason the Jaguars are trying so hard to get Trevor Lawrence out there. He practiced again today. Trevor Lawrence is out there again today. I think, personally, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be the guy that goes. I know I'm in the minority on that. But if I'm a Browns fan, I'd much rather see C.J. Beathard. During the YouTube show, Mikey threw out all kinds of stats that told you how terrible he's been. And that's the guy, no matter how limited Trevor Lawrence is in the pocket, even if he can't move on that, on that ankle that well, he's still Trevor Lawrence. And he's still far more dangerous to this Jaguars attack than C.J. Beathard would be. Hey, you, you're supposed to be ready for any smoke, right? You know, whether, whether it's Trevor Lawrence or, or uh, Beathard, I don't know. For me, I, I'm going to take Beathard. Because look, I want you at your. People say I want to beat you at your best. No, I'm just a, get that win. I, I'm a con artist. I'll hit you with a trash can. I'm not <laughs> fighting you straight up. Forget that. So we jumping you. I give me better because I looked at those stats Mikey McNuggets put out there, and I'm, I feel like I could get a pass rush off on better. Yeah, I'm, it's a clean sweep. I would definitely much rather face C.J. Beathard because Trevor Lawrence is a way better quarterback. I understand he's limited, maybe 75%. I don't know. The comparisons with Joe Burrow, the, the thing I'll say, because Joe Burrow obviously didn't look like himself early in the year, but Burrow's injury was a muscle injury, right? That was a calf. He could, like, he was, you're playing and you're, you don't want to pull it again. Whereas the sprained ankle, it's more about just pain tolerance. And if they shoot it up, I don't think it's going to be a factor in the game. Yeah. Now, maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. But, yeah, I'd rather face 100% C.J. Beathard than a 75% Trevor Lawrence. All right, it's not a clean sweep. I'll be the voice of dissent here. Okay. Um, you can give me an injured Trevor Lawrence, and here's why. It, and I know you mentioned Burrow because I talked about it in the YouTube yeah. show. Early in the season, now we have a little bit of results on Browning, and we saw what he was able to do. But the Browns were able to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. I know you said it was a calf injury and they're different. It, they're not. It limited his ability to run out of the pocket, which Joe, that's a huge part of Joe Burrow's game. That is. It, too, is a huge part of Trevor Lawrence's game. The Browns knew that he was going to stay in the pocket. They were able to tee off on him and keep him from hurting them. They'll do the same thing to C.J. Beathard. They will bring pressure. They're not as worried about him climbing in the pocket. Lawrence. Or Lawrence, I'm yeah. sorry. They're not as worried about him climbing the pocket because he can't run. So now he's one-dimensional. They were able to beat a one-dimensional Burrow in the Bengals, and I think they can beat a one-dimensional Jacksonville Jaguars team if Trevor Lawrence is only able to drop back and throw the football. All right, how good was Joe Flacco last week? When the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show comes back on WKYC, one of the greats to ever do it in Cleveland, Bernie Kosar, 
is effusive in his praise for a couple of throws in particular. He breaks them down. The Elvin Cleveland Sports Show comes right back. Welcome back to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show on WKYC Channel 3. We all were impressed with Joe Flacco's play Sunday in L.A. against the Rams. I'm not sure anyone was more impressed than Bernie Kosar, who's here now with Mikey McNuggets, to break down two throws in particular. Guys? Thanks, Jay. Joe Flacco had a tremendous debut for the Cleveland Browns, and who better to talk Browns quarterback play than this guy? Bernie Kosar, the legendary Browns quarterback, and Bernie... You're amazed that Joe Flacco was able to come off his couch in two weeks and make some of the throws he did against Los Angeles. And we're going to start with a third and 14 dot to Amari Cooper. Amazed, excited that two weeks ago he was on the couch, and here we are on the first third down of the game. Here we go. Look at the safety at the top of the screen there. Looking like a two-deep cover is going to double Amari Cooper at the snap. Joe Flacco, the veteran quarterback, sees him coming down into man coverage. Inside technique by the cover, by the corner on Amari Cooper. But look at number 15 here. Set his feet, make that throw before Amari Cooper comes out of his route. That route in a perfectly thrown team that could do this at will um, is a 20 to 22 yard completion. For Joe Flacco to be on the couch and to have that timing two weeks ago and to make that uh, throw to Omari Cooper here on the first third down of the game um, is, is genius level throwing. And for us now to open up that intermediate part of the field should have paid big dividends as the team's going forward. That wasn't his only great throw in the first quarter. On the very next drive, he hit Harrison Bryant between the eight and eight Dang. on his chest. And he had to manipulate the middle linebacker to create the throw in lane. Bernie, help us explain what happened here. Again, look at the same pre-snap read by the defense. Showing to the bottom here that two deep cover four. This time they stay in that cover four quarters coverage, not rotating to the middle of the field like they did. So here now you want to work the middle of the field, not your outside receivers. In that same 20 to 22 yard area, look at the man number 15. Use his eyes to keep that middle linebacker right over him, making that little step to the left. That gives him just that window to carve that beautifully carved spiral right in that seam right there. Again, at that 20 to 22 yard area where it's almost uh, impossible for a defense to stop, stop a throw like that. To be able to squeeze in that throw to Harrison Bryant on massive timing. Once again, that ball's thrown, Mike, for Harrison Bryant, just like that ball's thrown before Amari Cooper even considers coming out of his route. So that takes, that takes usually to, um, a whole offseason, training camp, a whole season of real football to do it. Again, for the man to be making those throws after being on that couch two weeks ago, Joe Flacco, you matter, brother. Joe Flacco, Bernie Kozar, two of the best to do it in the Cleveland Browns uniform. Jay, back to you. And it took Joe Bernie. one game to get a you matter from Bernie. I, you gotta love that. All right, when we come back, Denzel Ward's been out the last two weeks and the defense has not looked good. Is he the guy that fixes all the problems? We'll answer that next when we play I Know, I Think, I Doubt. A little more than 48 hours from kickoff at Cleveland Browns Stadium, it is the Jacksonville Jags 
against the Cleveland Browns, who have dropped two in a row. They desperately need to pick up a win this week. Mikey McNuggets, it's time for I Know, I Think, I Doubt. How does this game go? One of our favorite games, I give you guys a statement. You tell me whether you know it's true, you think it's true, or you doubt it's going to happen. Each of you guys gets a question, a minute to answer, and let's start with Bull. So, Bull, yes. Joe Flacco gives the Browns the best chance to beat Jacksonville on Sunday. Do you know, do you think, or do you doubt? I was uh, second-guessing myself today, but in the end, I went with I think Joe Flacco gives the Browns the best chance to beat the Jaguars on Sunday. I was going to push towards I know, but uh, there's a little part of me. I know nobody wants to hear this because Flacco played pretty well last week. There's a little part of me that thinks if they just, you know, obviously he got hurt, so there was no choice, but that if they had stuck with DTR, that he would continue to get better. I still believe that at this point in their careers, DTR's potential upside is higher than Flacco. It's hard to to make that argument right now, but I believe that. Uh, I don't know if we'll see. I don't like the idea of committing to Flacco for the rest of the year. But in the end, for this week, with DTR still coming off injury, I think he gives you the best chance to win. I think we all agree with that. Awesome. For right G. now, Bush, for one week. You're up next. Yes, sir. The statement I gave G. Bush, Denzel Ward returning to the Browns lineup will fix all of their defensive issues. Do you think, do you know, or do you doubt that, G? Yeah, as much as I like Denzel Ward, and I think he's going to help with the pass game and overall defense, I doubt that he's going to come back and fix everything with the defense. When you go back and watch the film, you watch all 22, you know, it's not the corners that are, you know, missing tackles, not the corners who aren't changing the line of scrimmage. Uh, those guys are out there worried about defending guys. The guys that are going to help the overall defense and stop the run are up front. Jim Schwartz's defense is predicated on pass rush, is predicated on getting uh, getting home with four, not blitzing, and then having strong coverage and man-to-man coverage and sticky coverage in the secondary. So to stop the run, it takes the four guys up front. It takes them penetrating. It takes them being in a, in a backfield. And go back and watch the games where they were dominant, the games against the 49ers, the game against the Bengals. They're dominant because those guys up front get penetration, the ball has to bounce, and they get after you on third down. That is what's going to make the overall defense better, not Denzel Ward. Agree. I'm with you, 100%. Fixes some, not all. Yep. Awesome. Jason, you're up next in the statement I gave you. Travis Etienne is the Jaguars player who will give the Browns defense the most fits on Sunday. Do you think that? Do you know that? Or do you doubt it? I have to doubt that, and Bull and I are in agreement on that. Travis Etienne's a fine running back. I don't think he's their most dangerous weapon. I personally think Trevor Lawrence is going to play on Sunday. I think I'm in the minority on that in terms of this panel, but I do think he's going to play. And Calvin Ridley is their top playmaking option, and the Browns have been gashed in the past game the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Having Denzel Ward back is certainly going to help that, but that combination, it's not his arm that's hurt. It's not Trevor's arm that's hurt. So if he can play and and the Jaguars can keep him upright in the pocket, Calvin Ridley, to me, is the number one playmaker that the Browns have to be aware of. ATN can help them. He's a weapon that in, in the run game, but Ridley, to me, is their most impressive weapon. Yeah. I, I, I disagree. I, I, I know that Ridley's going to be the guy that we have to stop on Sunday. Mm. Let's find out. I agree. Could, could be dead wrong. Okay, Mikey, Jay, mine? you're up, and you had a two-parter. And let's see if this works. Yeah. I gave Jay a two-parter. He gave us two answers. Jay, David and Njoku will have at least 45 receiving yards and one touchdown against the mediocre Jaguars defense. Yeah, so if you wanted me to look at that in total, I I would put I doubt for that statement in total because both would have to be true. Here's the way I took it. Two different statements, two different answers. I know David Njoku will have at least 45 receiving yards. That much I'm I'm convinced of. If he doesn't, 
this is an L because uh, we still don't know if Amari Cooper is going to be able to go, but they've got to use David Njoku more in their offensive game plan. So I know he's going to have the 45 yards. As for the touchdown, well, I mean, we kind of have a little bit of experience and a body of work to go off of, and he hasn't scored a lot of touchdowns this year. So because of that, I doubt that he's going to score a touchdown. He's going to need to, but the, the history and, and his track record this year tells me I doubt it. That Am worked out perfectly. Uh, yeah, I think uh, anytime you talk about the Browns and touchdowns, it's hard to project. Yeah, there's that. no way I could guarantee because uh, they have. I feel like enough. I would. I don't like any of the answers for that. Yeah. I don't. I think it's somewhere between. I think and I doubt. That's what makes. I it like tough. the Joku's odds of catching a touchdown better with Flacco throwing to him than some of the other guys. That's, that's, that's a fact too. That's true. I, I, that's definitely true. Agree with that. All right, Mike. If you're looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits, PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up, plus full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. All right, next on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, it's where the rubber meets the road. What happens in 48 hours at Cleveland Brown Stadium? We're going to tell you who wins and how they do it. It's our pre-written headlines when the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show comes right back. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's our favorite time of the show. Who wins the game and how do they do it? Pre-written headlines, Mr. Kool-Aid. G. Bush, you're first. Uh, you already know I'm drinking a Kool-Aid on the Cleveland Browns, and I'm drinking it especially for Joe Flacco. I think the Browns come in this, in this game. It's a must win. A lot of people think it's not. Flacco cages the Jags. Flacco Valley cements his position <laughs> as Browns starter with 300 yards and a 24-13 win. Over the Jags, mm. I got the Browns and Flaccavelli. Bull? Yeah, I got the Browns winning too. I didn't think I was going to in the beginning of the week, but with Ward back and uh, and uh, and Trevor Lawrence gone, corner back, Denzel Ward picks off Bethard in a 24-17 win. I like that a lot. Corner back. There you go. Well got done. Comma in there. Very good. <laughs> oh, oh, Jay, there me, you go. It's me. I knew I'd mess that up. All right, so as the only one on this panel to correctly pick the – Winner of last Sunday's game. Oh, here we go. That's true. You will be loving the fact that I am picking the Browns to win on Sunday. That's right. Browns playoff train back on track. I have the exact same score as G. Bush. That's crazy. 24-13, the Browns moved to 8-5. Jason. Well, it's a clean sweep so far because Miles didn't look great last Sunday in L.A. with an extra week of rest. Heavy Miles is going to break down the Jags. Uh, those, you know how those sports cars go. Okay, I see what you did. High mileage cars. Strikes again. Newspaper guy strikes again. Browns defense corrals Jacksonville. 2017 win. I do think it's going to be close. 
I was hedging to wait and see if I thought Lawrence is going to play. And then I thought, you know what? I think the Browns are winning either way. Very good. We all have them scoring 20 or more points. Yeah, yeah. which they may need it. Mike. Will it be a clean sweep? I feel the drama and the dramatic yeah. flair. So I know. I'm gonna, I'm You're just not picking it, against them. Let it sit for a sec. Yeah. That's the Stephen A. Smith pause. I learned it from the best. How about this? <laughs> Browns win the battle of the backups. Ward's return turns Jags into scaredy cats as Flacco picks up his first dub in a Cleveland uniform. All right. So it is a clean sweep. Yeah. Unlike How about that's very dangerous. Yeah, I know. I think we last. I, I believe that early in the season when we were doing this, when everybody went one way, we were wrong. I don't know uh, about that. I, we got to go back and check that. I, it just feels to me like there was weeks where we all picked the Browns to win and they pretty didn't well. win. The Bengals, we all picked them and they won. There have been quite a few weeks uh, where we all picked all them right. and they won. I picked them to lose at Denver and you picked them to lose at the Rams. Yeah, I and they did. To, I, I mean, picked G's, them to lose at G Seattle. and Mike, I think, have picked them to win every week. Well, G will pick them. No, G picked them to lose every Seattle. week. This lose, show is Seattle. Seattle. That's right. Losing Seattle. You did? Yeah. Wow. I don't even remember. That's a fact. All right, that's going to do it for another episode of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Remember, you can watch us every Monday through Friday, 11 to 1, on our YouTube channel. You can time shift it and watch it whenever you are free. Just type in UCSS when you go to YouTube. Enjoy the game. Watch the two-minute warning on Sunday. And go Browns! Peace! Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.